the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast, brought to you by Team Link Hookset New Hampshire. You can check them out on the web at teamlinkhooksetnh.com or you can call them at 603-641-3444. I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link and Hookset. I can tell you that they're one of the best places I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instruction there. There's no meatheads. Everyone there is there to help you get better at whatever it is that you're trying to get better at, whether it be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, karate, kickboxing, boxing, uh, mixed martial arts, whatever it is that you're looking to train in, they can help you get better. So go down there and visit Ed Carr. Tell him that the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast sent you, and they will give you 30 days free and uh, that's it. Over and out. Hello. Hello. And they gave us more tired blood. This is some good shit right here. Julia, you gotta believe me. Life is beautiful every day. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals of all varieties, bing, bing, bing. we are here at the Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast, whoop, whoop. and we have the wonderful and talented Miss Karen Lovely all the way from Portland, Oregon. Cheers. Yay! Cheers. Yay, the crowd goes wild. And of course, I'm here with my all-time co-host, the wonderful Miss Lisa Guy. Yay! Yay. So happy. I'm so happy to be all back right. with you hanging out. I'm really excited to get this thing going again. Me too. It's been too long. Mm-hmm. It's been far too long, and I'm ready. I'm ready. How ready? Um, like on a scale of one to ten, yeah. like at least a five and a half. Two. Two. You're lazy. <laughs> That's saying something because I'm the laziest person I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll, it'll bump up to a six after more of the root beer, though. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> So this is a wonderful kind of piece of kismet that just happened. Uh, I just contacted Karen like, I don't know, four or five days yeah. ago, and we figured this out. I, I just saw that you were happened to be in town, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw that you were playing with, with Bruce Bears tonight at the Beehive, and I said, hmm, I wonder if we could make this happen, because we're not that far from the Beehive. Cool. Where is the Beehive? In, uh, on uh, Tremont Street in Boston. Oh, Tremont. Right. Yep. What time's the show? The, uh, 9.30. Tonight. 9.30 tonight. Awesome. 9.30 tonight, yes. Wow. Very exciting. How yes. do you know the lovely Miss Lovely? Through the blue scene. Which yes. is, this is actually the first time that we've met. I'm, it is. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we finally got a chance to meet, but we've had some, you know, online interactions. And we got we've, friends in common. That's right. We have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of friends in common, all the right. same people that we know. And, and, uh, Lay it down. Yeah, I was curious. What uh, you're over? You're visiting family over here. Is that what's happening? Yep. Today was my mom's 75th birthday party, which was held at uh, Kowloon's, which 
is uh, has been a long like decades of family yeah. history of bad Route lunches. One there. Bad lunches. Very bad lunches. Very bad lunches. <laughs> is that the Chinese you were trying that to sell us is, earlier? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah. I'm not as excited as I was earlier. <laughs> good, good cake, bad Chinese. Yeah, yeah uh, but but it was great because it was uh, like four decades of family and family from all the different branches. I'm the oldest of nine kids, so. Oh my There's, goodness! And the the loveliest that are my my aunts and uncles. There were eight in their family, and another one had had ten kids. So there's like a whole whole boatload of people there. Wow! Cause, wow. Uh, cause Lithuanian Karen, relatives. Karen and, and I just met, so I don't know. Did you grow up here in New England? I or? did. I was actually I was okay. born in Boston, and I lived here till I was twenty, and then I went. I was in L.A. and then uh, for nine years, London for a year, and then I moved to Maine. I lived in Portland, Maine for four years. My daughter's a maniac. She was born there. And uh, my mom still lives there. My mom lives in Norway, Maine. Wow. And so oh, I, I got sisters in New Hampshire. I had no idea. I thought I thought so that I, you were I've a- been a maniac and a mass hole. And then my friend Melissa told me last night, because I'm in Portland, now I'm a porthole. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Only your friends. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah, when, when someone you've known since eighth grade says, they, they get away with that. Totally. <laughs> I don't know. Portland's like the coolest town ever. It I, is if I was going to move town. somewhere like far away from here, that's probably where I'd go. I love Portland. I've, I've decided that there are only two cities really that I would live in in the United States, and that's Portland, Maine, and Portland, Oregon. Mm, I love Portland, mm. Maine. It's, 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 well, it's really more of an obsessive compulsive thing. It has to be cities that start with P and end in D. <laughs> and have two syllables and. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, you love game. the syllable oh, game. Put You're the wrong the... emphasis on the syllable. <laughs> no, oh. no, you mustn't. <laughs> I, I, Portland, Oregon is one of the things that I love about Portland is that there's good food everywhere you go. Everyone's a foodie, and the people care about what they're cooking. If you go into the shittiest mm-hmm. greasy spoon diner, they'll have a whole vegan menu. Oh, cool! Oh, it's yeah. like, you know. Like What's I, the music scene like there? Oh, fucking awesome. It's really? really? Can good. I say that? Yeah, yeah you can say yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, in, in a net. You, you have to take it out. Um, yeah, it's it, the music community there is amazing, especially the blues community. It's like the Cascade Blues Association has one of the biggest blues societies in the country, and and so many people live there. And it's not, I mean, not just blues. It's like all kinds of music. And cool. Music on every corner, and it's a wonderful place to be. Plus, there's all all the there's beer, wine, coffee, food, and and it's all the same kind of obsessive stuff. Something about the rain that makes people just go go crazy. But what brought you, you there? Because I'm crazy. Huh? <laughs> Enough said. Show's over, everybody. Thank you so much. Cray cray. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I actually I I went I was living in in Maine, living in Portland, Maine. I went to see a friend of mine who lived in Oregon. And I went out there, and I fell in love with Ashland, Oregon. So I I moved there. I moved there with my daughter. And we lived in Ashland for about 17 years. And when my daughter went to college, to Portland State University, I missed her. So I followed her there. I stalked her. I stalked my daughter. I stalked her (laughs) Facebook page. I text her obsessively. Um, No. So we we moved up there. I moved up there with my son when he was in eighth grade. And uh, and it's great. We love living there. We've been there three years now. And it's just such a cool scene. Well, you know, because, you know, Curtis Salgado lives there. How yeah, bad could it be? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of great players out in the Portland area. I mean, I lived, yeah. in, I lived in Oregon for about 15 years. You're kidding. Yeah, when? Yeah. Where? Well, uh, mostly in a town called Roseburg. 
Oh, I know Roseburg. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I know Roseburg. <laughs> yeah, which oh, is about... Yeah. <laughs> it's about three Just hours... Just keep driving, Roseburg, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, about, it's about three hours south of don't Portland. Don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, it's not the... It's not kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like... I'm trying to think the equivalent around here, like Rochester. <laughs> or uh or Summersworth. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the that's kind of the, the Roseburg equivalent. And it's not it's I like mean, Chelsea I know a lot with of, trees. Yeah. It's, it's Chelsea with a lot more rednecks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's Chelsea with a lot more you camouflage. Must have fit in perfectly. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of you know, I was kind of a hippie kind of more back then. I had long hair and you know, it was, you know, there's a lot of hippies in Oregon. If you think, you think, you know, you when you think of hippies, you think of like Vermont. Yeah. Oregon's got Vermont in fucking spades. Really? Oh, my God. There's like, well, Ken Casey. Do I need to say more? Like that dude was in Eugene, you know, he lived right outside of Eugene and he's like, the, you know, it's like the spearhead of the psychedelic movement. <laughs> so it's, you know, there's a lot of hippies. I mean, I grew up on a kind of like a hippie commune out in a place called Olala. You know oh, Olala? I know where Olala is. Yes, I do. Well, that's... I get around. That's... You'd have... You'd have <laughs> you gotta go out... You gotta go way out to find Olala. It's out... It, the nearest town is a place called Ten Mile. So, Ten Mile. I lived in Ten Mile for a while, too. And I... When I was... Five years old? I was five or six... I think I was five years old. I lived in a... You might know... Do you know Larry Soberman? Mm. He's a, he's a he's a he's a lifelong blues fanatic, and he's you know he travels around to shows a lot, and you might know him out there. Um, but he we probably we probably know so many of the same people. But oh, I'm sure. Uh, so my mother and I lived with this guy Larry Sober when I was like five years old, and we had they had a house concert at my house, and it was Robert Cray. Oh <laughs> yeah, because Rob, uh, that's Robert when Cray Robert band. and Curtis were in uh, the Nighthawks together. Yeah, well, that was the Robert Cray band. Ro- but by was, then, it was the Robert Cray band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the Robert Cray band, but it was, you know, it was, it was him, it was him and Curtis and Richard Cousins, Richard Cousins and uh, I don't know who the drummer was, but. Um. So can I, I, I can ask you a question? I'm so interested yeah. in your career. Yeah. Um, so what, when you were here in New England, how uh-huh. old were you? Um, well, I lived here till I was 20 and yep. then I moved to LA. Yep. And, and then you, uh, did you move to LA because of music? Like you just said, I'm going to LA. Um, yeah, I wanted to be, uh, I want music and photography. I got into photography because that's my other love, and, and that was, you know, and, and then I, when I went, I moved to London in 1987, and I had a band in London for about six months, and, uh, which was, was kind of, kind of a crazy, it was a three-piece, two guitars, three-piece vocals, we were, we, we just did. Blues? Well, we did blues, we did folk, we did really anything, everything, it was just like, oh, that's a good song, let's do that, yeah. and, um, that. It, it was a lot of fun, and I I did that while I lived there, and then I moved back to L.A. Why? Um, I broke up with my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> there, it is. there it is. Did you go to? He did was you in the band. To, did you go to the London? And band? I said, <laughs> "This is an island. This place is not big enough for both of us. So I'm out of here." And yeah, I did. Yeah, I cried the whole 11 hour flight back, and then. Uh, and then and got knocked up a few months later and moved to Maine. So wow. Then didn't do music for a long time. Really? Yeah, not until 2007. And then that's when you really kind of got serious about it. Then I got serious. Well, uh, not really serious to start. It was just kind of like, um, you know, I re- I really missed singing, and I thought it's now or never. I get it. I get. It. I used to have really bad stage fright, which people who know me and come to my shows can't really believe. But 
just be like, <laughs> and um, and so I just started doing blues jams every week, every Monday night, and I had so much fun that I stopped being afraid. And now when I do shows, it's like my living room, and I have fun. I tell jokes, bad jokes. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I, I'll start telling a joke, and I see the band member going, she's doing it again. And I look like, help. Well, that was Paul DeLay's bag. Yeah, I and mean, that was—I'm sure you saw Paul plenty of times living out in Oregon, but that was his. I mean, he was half of his show was shtick. But he was funny. You know? <laughs> he was so funny. He was so funny. I, yeah. He flew out here in 2006, 2005, 2006. He flew out here, and he did like five or six shows of my wow. band at the time, which was, I had a band called Mister Next Blues Mafia. And we did, uh, like I said, we did four or five shows with them, and I have a recording of one of the shows that we did with them. And nice. Curtis says, you know what? Uh, I'm going to make you a CD before you go tonight because Curtis has been bugging me for a copy. I'll make two of them. I'll make you can have one too. Uh, but I have a recording of this one set of Paul wow. Ray with us. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. But he's half of it is, you know, We have Peter Dammit plays guitar with me. Oh, he's Peter. in your band? Yeah, and Peter played he, with That guy's the most underrated guitar player he's on the blues thing. He's, he's such a badass. He and is. nobody ever, you know, people talk about, he's you know, so, uh, and rightly so, people talk about, you know, Mike mm-hmm. Welch and Nick Monster Moss Mike, and, yep. you know, you know, who, you know, there's a million guys out there, I, but you never hear Peter Damon's name. And he's the mother, man. He is. He's, I mean, I have every he delay. I have every recording of delay ever. The only thing I don't have is there's some brown sugar stuff out there that I don't have. But, I mean, I I'll have... I'll hook you up. All right. I'll write to Peter. I'll see if Peter's wow. got anything. He might, mm. He's got That's all kinds cool. of stuff. I'll ask him. But, yeah, he's a phenom- He's just a monster guitar player. I love working with him. He's got great chops. And I didn't know that he was in your band. That's so cool. Yeah, any anytime I can get him. He, uh, he's not on this, but I'll tell you, it, this will segue to an interesting story. So this, this record, because there's, there's ties to... Curtis in this. This is your new record. This is my new record, mm-hmm. 10 Miles of Bad Road. And where can people find it? People can find it at karenlovely.com okay. and on Amazon. Amazon. I shouldn't have had so much root beer. <laughs> you really only had half of it because of the way you Okay, everybody it. should know that this is six. This is what this is called. Not not your dad's, root, not your father's root beer. It's got six percent of some kind of mysterious alcoholic. Mysterious. Substance. Alcohol. I can't believe you never heard of it because I it's never like heard the of it. biggest rage. Like I know. It's, they can't keep it on the on the, on the stores around here. They, As she takes well, another sip, you, you know, Atta just girl. <laughs> isn't that new? <laughs> so Peter. So Jim Pugh plays on on my record. He yeah, played yeah, on yeah. Still the Rain. He plays on this yeah. on keyboards. Jim was in uh, Robert, Robert Cray, Cray band. Yeah. Tony Bronigal, who produced the record yeah. and plays drums on this, was also in Robert Cray. And um, anyway, oh, I Jim didn't know that he Peter, produced this. Wow, that's great. Jim, oh, he did a, an amazing job producing this record. Really, really, really. I mean, it's I I can't even believe what he did. I'm so, I'm so proud of it. And he. He believed in me for a really long time, for like four years while I was working stuff out to make this happen. And and uh, he dug the songs and told me I could do it and kept the faith. And it's you amazing. Write all the songs? I wrote nine of the 13, okay. wrote or co wrote. And, yeah. um, and then uh, the other three uh, were songs that I did of uh, Al, Al Murkatani and Dennis Walker, who did a lot on um, Still the Rain, most of Still the Rain. And then I did one of Dave Fleshner's tunes, uh, who plays keys with me now. But anyway, um, Jim Pugh and Peter Damon went to school together, and mm-hmm. they 
for their high school prom, they wanted to hire Coco Taylor. <laughs> so check this out. On a Friday night, they call Willie Dixon. No, sir. Because Willie was booking, Co- he was Coco's manager. So they call <laughs> really? Willie Dixon, these little high school punks, and, and say, can we have Coco? Oh, I don't know if that's the voice that they use. <laughs> I'm believing and, can you. Can we have Coco Taylor for our, for our high school prom? And they got her. They got Coco Taylor. So anyway, what? they've got, yeah, so they're, it's really cool. They've got great stories. What and, year and, would that have been? Well, let's see. I'm old as the hills, and Peter's slightly older than me. So, so uh, Jim's a little bit older. So, yeah, it would have been, I don't know, like maybe the 60s, early, wow. early 60s or something like that. That's nuts. Yeah. That's fantastic. I know. I love that story. <laughs> I love that I love story. That they called Willie Dixon. They called him Coco Taylor. They played their It's like, how cool is that? Yeah. Everybody else is getting Zeppelin cover bands in Chicago. You know, that, that, and I love to think about that right now that. Uh, this generation, these generations, they don't get yeah. live bands at their proms. No. It's all DJs, so they don't even yeah. know that whole thing about bands at their how, proms. Yeah, how, yeah, how cool that how is. Cool. Well, back in the 50s and 60s, that's all there was. That's if you was. wanted music, you hired a... You didn't have, entertainment. Yeah, you didn't hire... You didn't have a DJ come in and play it. They did, You had yeah. live bands, live all dances, and yep. it was mm-hmm. all it was all live bands. It was all about live. So yeah. it's a weird... It's a weird... Day and age that yeah. we're in today. We I hate to sound like an old. We, yeah. we we talk about this every time we, we do, get on we the microphone, but it's we're, like because when you're talking yeah. with musicians, how can we not? Well, you, you you were telling me earlier you've got 35 years 35 that you've years been playing, playing live. Yeah, yeah. Playing and I've music. never like I play right now to make some money. I teach, mm-hmm. but I, I I play a couple nights a week solo. Or duo, and I, and if I do play duo, I'm taking way less money than I would play solo, yeah. and it's and it's half of the money that I would have made. Uh, 25 years ago as a duo yeah. it's it's just horrible yeah. it's it's really horrible right now because it's all about the djs and these generations mm-hmm. don't even care they're mad because you don't know every song on the planet like yeah. the dj does the dj has everything then they're mad that it's and they're mad that it's not one two three four right after you know so right. it's a really weird time for live music it's one of my things mm-hmm. that uh that teaching i have a live jam right now that i do on mondays i've been doing it for a while and it's all ages because i'm trying to get uh-huh. the younger we have to. You have to. to. And, you know, you just said something a few minutes ago. I didn't want to interrupt you about having massive stage fright when you first started mm-hmm. and that you just went to jams. It's what I tell a lot of my yeah. students and people say, what's the advice that you could give me? I'm so freaked out. I don't do this that much. And my big thing about keeping live music alive, mm-hmm. that's my tag, is is there's nothing like a learning curve of live. Because yeah. when you do something wrong live, mm-hmm. you don't do it wrong again ever. Like you know what I mean when it the train well no goes if you, off if, the you tracks, if you do it twice then you intended to do it of course <laughs> of course yes then that's jazz <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I mean there's that yeah, thing of like I oh do. my god I said yeah. that and then oh my god this was just horrible or you see video of yourself there's nothing like performing live to, for the learning curve to be quicker yeah and the same thing it heightens all your senses because you, you're so you you're one so chance. present yeah you got one this chance this is it and rehearsal in the moment. Stop. Can we do yeah, that again in yeah. rehearsal? And even if you go, okay, we're going to do this right straight through at rehearsal, and it goes off the tracks, you go, okay, we got to fix this, obviously. Yeah. If it's live, you have to have all the techniques and the and the, and the visual con- – you have to mm-hmm. know all the things yeah. of who's going to get this train back on the tracks. You have to learn all those things. You can't ever learn that in rehearsal. So, And stage fright's a big one, too. And I love that you went to jams and learned that thing of – Oh, it's about me just letting go and having fun. Mm-hmm. That's how you find who you are on stage. You learn, you learn how to direct, too. You, you, you have you, to. You, you have to get a band to go through a song. You have to, you know, you're taking a, 
you know, even if you're doing a cover song, there might be, you know, little variations that you might do, but you have to learn how to direct a band uh, and, you know, it's, it's a perfect place to learn. And you're either teaching someone, which is the other part of it is Mm -hmm. as, as you gain in proficiency and professionalism, then you're obligated to teach the people that are just coming in, the the new people. And so that's how I felt as I started out, you know, taking baby steps and people were really kind and supportive and patient and gave me advice afterwards. Like, hey, don't ever fucking do that again. Okay. Like ever. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come back next week. (laughs) Figure that shit out. Um, Yeah. On your own time. On your own time. And, but you know, yeah, you, you have to learn all that that stuff and then other people come in and you, you tell them, you know, okay, you you don't need to play all the notes on your solo. Exactly. You know, it's well. It's one know. of the one of the funny things about the Portland area is in the blues scene is how really competitive that it is. So it's the the mentality like it's not that everybody back here they just do their own thing and uh-huh. everybody kind of. But the mentality in Portland that I've had, and it's all supportive. It's Very all supportive. supportive. It's all supportive. But yeah. you know, you'll get a guy. You know, you'll get somebody like uh, you know. You know, like Curtis will be like, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to, you know, if somebody goes up, I'm not saying that he does this, mm-hmm. but I'm just giving an example of like, like say, uh, you know, say Paul, say they were doing a show together and uh-huh. Paul DeLay went up in front of him. He would want to go out and like really put the yeah, screws yeah. to, you know, he'd really want to go out. And so there's that. It's the, it's a it's a mentality that I've noticed a lot because a lot of Portland musicians have that kind of like they really want to. It's up in your game, really. Yes, it's right. really up in your game. Well, and it's it's made that whole yeah. Portland scene. A lot of people don't understand so how crazy, talent. incredible the, oh, the talent yeah. is out well, in Portland. Well, that's how it got there with that little competition it's crazy of... Talent. Yeah, so they crazy talent. Right? Crazy, crazy. It's an incredibly supportive blues community. Really, awesome. really, truly. And, you know, we, we do fundraisers all the time. If there's any kind of... Somebody needs something, then the whole community gets together and... Everybody volunteers and performs, and you know it's it happens all year, all the time for a million different things. Um, people with cancer, somebody lost their house, and you know it's like on- ongoing. I've never lived in a place with a, with a community like that, and mm. even the CBA, the Blues Association, is um, you know they're a just, real blues association. They're a real blues association. You know? Greg Johnson, the the president, runs it like the Blues Foundation, so. Even the you know the International Blues Challenge, the Journey to Memphis competition, that kind of thing, those are, it's run just like the Blues Foundation is supposed to, and so it really again ups the professionalism, and you know you have to put on a better show. You can't just yeah. show up sloppy and stupid. You've actually got to put on a great show. And mm. I've been really blessed because I've worked with so many incredible musicians there, and and then you know in the studio for for my studio albums. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful community. I love being there. There's music every night of the week. You can go. There's so much live music. And even with venues closing down, which happens all the time. That was my still, next question know. for you because here in New England, we are suffering. They the worst, are yeah. closing the left worst of my left. 35 years that I've done. Like I, I kind of survived <clears throat> through the 80s crash that we had uh-huh. you know, with our community and everything. And it just p- kind of picked right back up and got great again. 
the economy. But this is the worst. And it, and yeah. part of it is what we were just talking about, that it's a different world, that people, DJs are making the money and, uh-huh. you know, they're, they're, yeah. there's dance clubs like that, so it's not live bands so much. We're really hurting here. Is it really hurting there or is it just kind of touching you? Something closes, something opens. No, it's, it, it's hurting because, yeah. um, okay, the, the when I started singing in Ashland in 2007, there were venues all over the valley in just mm-hmm. this little Rogue Valley, Southern Oregon. And since then... Two of the the clubs that I played at almost all the time, both closed down, and there, the music venues that have tried to start have gone out of business, and now it's pretty much down to the wineries, that will put on live music. So Portland still has clubs, but um, a couple of them have closed down, and it's you know it's scrambling, it's scrambling to find gigs. And for me, I don't I don't even do that many shows locally. I travel out a lot more but you know when I was in Europe this summer I heard you know I, I worked with a Dutch band and they were saying the same thing is happening over there with venues closing down and it's really hard to you know to make music over there so I crazy is that a buddy of mine yeah. uh, do you, you know Roberto Morbioli is it is an Italian uh-huh. so shocking <laughs> do you like you did the thing Slobodian right uh, <laughs> So he's this Italian singer, guitar player, and uh, he was he comes over like twice a year, uh-huh. uh, and he works over here. But he's uh, you know he, I went, he he was here two weeks ago, and I went and saw him, and uh, and we were talking on one of the breaks, and he's like, because um, we had talked years ago about me flying uh-huh. over there and doing some shows with them, and I said, look, man, I I like to really like to come over, and he's like, dude, I don't play in Italy at all. He's like, I do. That's crazy. Two shows three, four shows a year in oh. Italy. And I was like, well, I don't give a fuck where it is in Europe. Let's go. go. Yeah. He's like, yeah. cause he's like, I'll, he's like, I go out to, I go to France and Spain and you know, Belgium and wherever mm-hmm. he's like travel. I said, I'll travel around. I don't, I don't mind coming out here. I said, even if it's, you know, even if you just like, you know, do like a couple big festivals mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, well, the festivals are, are really where it's at. That's the, you know, that it's just, getting those anchor dates, doing festivals. And that's what I've been really fortunate the past few years. I've been able to do festivals in Switzerland and Germany. Really good money. Really good money. Um, Germany, Switzerland, the Netherlands, France. um, Wow. Some really great shows. And I I love it. I get treated really well. You get treated totally differently in Europe than you do in the States. You know, like, I mean, you guys know you've played, how, how many gazillion clubs that you've played you know, people, they're talking loud. You know, like I do this song, Still the Rain, that's about domestic abuse, and it's a really heavy song. And and every time when I when I start that song, I think about there, there'll be something current in the news, someone that I, I, I dedicate the song to. And, you know, I have this really heavy song that it's one of the few songs I really just want people to shut up and listen to. <laughs> and, and I'm like, blah, 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 oh, and, blah, you know, and... <laughs> And I've actually, you know, stopped the show <laughs> and said, you know, I'm so sorry. Is my song interrupting your conversation? Because wow. we will all just wait until you're done. And that, you know, but in, in Europe, they don't do that. They, they sit and they're quiet and they listen and it's really respectful. In fact, when I did the show in Germany, they were all so quiet, so respectful. I, I you said, weren't sure what to say. Sure, right? Are they going to murder me? You know, <laughs> you can talk amongst yourselves quietly and and maybe laugh occasionally, just so I kind of feel like I'm at home, and you know, remember something, but smile, you know. Yeah. And they're they're 
they're just they're very respectful and they're quiet and that's how they you know we're so used to it here like yeah. you know just really just, yeah, loud, I, and I'm so numb loud, to it sometimes you, you know. people are right next to you screaming I don't even say anything anymore yeah. like you just get so used to it Billy yeah. oh my god Billy yeah and, it's and then here's my other favorite thing <laughs> nowadays four people at a table oh, yeah. right here and the only time <laughs> they, <laughs> on their phones and the only time they actually even talk to each other is to show them what was on Facebook that they were just looking at. Ha, ha, ha. And then I'm standing right in front of them doing some, you know, emoting some song. Nope, don't even care. My you know, favorite really... is when they sit right up front. Mm-hmm. What's the fucking point? What's the point? Why are you sitting right next to me so you can look at your phone? Yeah. I, there's a person that I know The only time well. that that's acceptable is right at the start of your show when they're doing checking in. Oh, my God. Get here now. Right. That's Well, do you know, I say that to it. people. When, yeah. If I'm starting, yeah. they'll, I'll go like this. Are you uh, texting all your friends and letting them know that they should be here right now? Yeah. Oh, good, because you're going to put your phone down after Because if you're right? not. <laughs> put your phone down. Yeah. Phone's off. Yeah. Well, I, there's a woman that I know that comes to our shows regularly and reads a book. Shut up. I go, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? What is that? What are you doing? Is it wow. that? Is it that fucking boring? No, no. Do you You've decided to, to read stimulated. a book. Do you need that much <laughs> stimulation? Like, like you guys are her live entertainment. She likes music on while she reads. So she goes to a yeah, live band. Yeah, it must be. What? Like, but you know, she like came the sound, out. The she soundtrack, came out, right? She came the soundtrack out. to her it's reading soundtrack experience. To her book. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, you know, thank God for the people that do actually come out and support. Yes. Like, even in Portland, there, there are so many bands and there's so much music to choose from. And even with the CBA, they, they try to really support all the different artists. I know people that will go to three shows in one night because they want they want to support. Well, I wanted to go to, you know, Kevin yeah, I know, so show, and I wanted to go to Lisa Mann's show, and I yeah. wanted to go to your show. So they stay for one set here, one set there. Right. And, you know, they're paying covers to go to each yep. show, and they're driving all, all over the city to do that. And that's pretty great. That's pretty cool to, to have fans like that that will come out and be supportive and and have fun. And, you know, the blues, too. Half of the blues is, is you know, for, to pe- have people dance and have a good time. Yeah. And It's really it's really wonderful, but it's really sad, too, that it, it, that there's not enough live venues or you guys aren't yeah. all playing out enough so they could yeah. go, okay, this Friday we're going to go see, you know, Karen, and yeah. then this Friday we're going to go see this person, and this Friday we're going to go yeah. see this person. It's all like, you guys are here and you're all playing, yeah. so we need to come see all of you now because you won't be back playing out for, like, another month mm-hmm. or whatever it is. It's a little bit sad that there isn't more venues that they could be yeah. like, we've got our calendar chuck full, and we're going to be here all night long with you. Yeah. You know, it's a little sad. It's representing that whole thing that we're talking about that it's just – recently here in New England, we had this um, this club that's been open for – well, I've been playing it for 25 years. It was open even before that. Um, that to the day they went down, literally just shut the doors on a Tuesday, um, they still had entertainment five, six nights a week. Wow. Yeah. They had it the night that they shut down. They were like, we're, we're having a jam. Pull we have a jam tonight. This is gonna, we're going we're gonna to eat all the rest of the food that's in the kitchen, so yeah. everybody come out. We did. You know? Wow. Everybody came out. Place was, the place was mobbed from like 2 o'clock in the afternoon until they closed at 2 in the morning. I didn't make it, but my wife went down. She did. I was and they, have, they, they had these things they called nitro wings, which yeah. were the, the best mm. wings ever. Yeah. And my wife went down to go get nitro wings and they were out. I was oh, yeah. so disappointed. Oh. I was so disappointed. I was just waiting at home. I was like, how's it going? Are you having fun down there at Whip? You on your way back? You on your way back? Or you got some nitro wings? The nitro wings are good, huh? Oh, I can't wait to see you. Love you, love you lots. Nitro wings. <laughs> love you lots. Nitro wings. And then, 
And she comes back and she goes, I'm so happy and we're all out. I got there like 9 o'clock and I was, at night. I've never been more depressed about yeah. a food. <laughs> I, I, got there I was like sad like, I, like, there's, like someone had died. Because I'm never too. getting nitro wings again. Never going to get I those. Like, wings. I was like, never nitro wings. Yeah. I felt that way about the club hard. Like I was like, geez, it's like I lost a friend. Yeah. And but it really hit me hard because I was just like, wow, that place. That's, well, you know, that's lived through it all is now done. The, the vibe it is it kind of enters into the, like the really best clubs. They have the history of the music and the people yeah. that went there. The spirits are in the walls, yeah. you know, and I, I've, I've played clubs like that that were so close to my heart. In fact, Alex's had chicken wings, and if they ran out, the owner would make them at the end of the night for the band. Mm. Ooh, that's he nice. would make them chicken wings. But there's <laughs> this great club in Seattle, Highway 99. Yeah, um, Highway 99 I played Blues that last club. time I was out there. Freaking love. That's like, are, they, are they closed yet? Or they're, well, no, they're check still? it out. So, the, the, you know, their, their rent was raised like $10,000. Yeah, yeah. Doubled the rent, and they were supposed to um, go stop, you know, January second, and then um, because of the construction, they they couldn't finish the construction. There was a delay, so they got a two year renewal on their lease. And so oh, I'm doing the happy dance big time, because you know Ed Maloney is from Boston. He's a homeboy, and uh, you know he manages the club, and he he treats musicians right. And that place is a, it's it's like a, a you know blues rock museum in there he, he, really, he really he really treated us well when we played vibe. there we, right isn't we he did a, awesome we did a double bill with mark dufresne nice so uh, yeah he makes sure everybody's fed there's a great green room that the staff is back there do you want something to drink do you have enough water do you want yeah, we know, all got paid well got food, everybody got paid everybody we got gets fed good money and, and they and were you know he introduces he knows all the bands he introduces everybody so i, I don't know i, I absolutely love that club and and I love Ed Maloney. He's a, every time I go up there, I feel like I'm I'm back home again, you know. And he still has the accent too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Wicked cool. Yeah. Fucking wicked pisser. Yeah, motherfucker. Wicked pisser guy. Wicked fucking pisser guy. Super. Fucking super dude. Super, super kid. Boom, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's just a great guy. So you know, clubs like that, they're just. You walk in, you feel it in the atmosphere, and and there are places that when you finish your show, you want to still hang out, and you know, hang out with the staff, and always, you, you're not in a hurry to just get paid and leave. You want to just continue to soak up the vibe. Yeah, this place that just went down yeah. was that place. It really, was kind of, it was actually one of the places that we've all talked about. That um, where was it? We, it was in a, uh, it was where I live in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Oh, okay. It was just like right off the highway. You know, fifteen house, minutes uh, south yeah. of here. Uh, house, house sound, nice stage, like you know, the whole thing. Yeah. decent little restaurant. Um, probably about actual, it was like four slots. So actual capacity was probably about 300. Nice. You know? That's nice. Um, and it just had that thing about, it. we always would hang out after and talk with the staff and whatever. Yeah. And we used to hold every benefit that was ever, you know, that we would do. Somebody would get down on their luck or whatever. Yeah. Somebody would, you know, I got to go in the hospital. I'm having this or whatever. We got, well, just I'll get it there on a Sunday. Yeah. I'd host whatever. Put my name's band, my mm-hmm. band's name on it. People show up. We do raffles, yeah. raise money for people. It was that place. Yeah. And it was just they really the brimmer. I, the brimmer and the brimmer yeah. went down a while ago, but it was just like that place stuck through everything. And now I live near there, so I drive by it constantly. And I'm like, Jesus! I didn't even realize how huge that was for me, knowing that that was a like mm-hmm. I went out and I saw uh, Nate Stay Dimitri's uh, Black and Black Band. Oh my God, were they amazing! 
Um, they were just playing at the Jewel. They have an hour set they were doing. They do cool. uh, It's Sabbath and, and ACDC. It's a Sabbath and an ACDC. And a Sab- it's amazing. And so I went. It was like an hour set. And then I drove home. And I was like, oh, it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I go, I wonder who's it. And I stopped myself oh. still. I was like, oh, so I'm going to yeah. drive by five, six nights a week. It was entertainment there. That's And hard. I was like, good God, that's so sad. It's yeah. not going to come around again. And it's the same as the joint you were just talking about. It was really, in the long mm-hmm. run, the rent was so high, they just couldn't do it anymore because the economy has done this. I'm yeah, glad, that, I'm glad that they're still get there open for another couple of years because I'm yeah, planning on heading great. out there. Well, you better let me know if you do. I definitely will. <laughs> that was almost well, I'm gonna... a threat and happy. <laughs> <laughs> that was like two things, threat and happy. Because I'm leaving town. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will. I'm going to uh, – I'm actually trying. I've been talking to Peter um, about – Getting back. We did the we did the uh, waterfront a couple of years ago. Oh, right on. Um, and I'm going to try and get it. I mean, it was 2012 was the last time we did it. So 2016. You were there in 2012. Yeah, yeah. We we were on the main stage. So the what day was it? Thursday was the th- it was the Thursday. We were the first band Thursday, so it was noon on a Thursday on the big stage. So it was, you know, but there's still yeah. you know twenty thousand people there. So it was a still, lot of people. You know, a lot of people <laughs> go through that festival. I mean, it wasn't like you yeah. know you when you go there on a Friday night when there's a hundred thousand people there. It wasn't you know. You know, a lot of it depends on on the weather and like this past year, this summer. Um, well, I, the first, the second time that I played there when and I was on the main stage. There were thirty three thousand people that went through the festival that day. I've got I got a picture on my website of this thing. Cool. And they had the jumbotrons out that day oh, too, yeah. which was really intimidating as hell to be on the stage and all of a sudden and I was on this one main stage and Curtis Salgado was on the other stage. And, you know, this the giant jumbotron kind of comes towards you and is like, oh, I don't wanna see my face that big <laughs> you know? But it's actually pretty funny because they you know, in when you're in between sets they have, uh, you know, the the second band that's going to get ready starts doing their sound check and stuff. So Curtis was doing his sound check, and I was about to do Steal the Ring. And you know how I feel about that song, right? <laughs> well, I'm aware of it. So, you know, the, 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 the opening riff is really, this really quiet kind of riff, and we start that, and I hear Curtis, you know, sound checking. So I just said, you know, uh, hey, Curtis Salgado. You know, if we're interrupting your sound check, just let me know because I will stop immediately. <laughs> this show won't go on. And I was joking around, just screwing around. But somehow that got printed in like Oregon <sighs> Music News or something. Oh. And I was at this show about six That's months great. later and Curtis comes up to me and just, you know, classic. Like he he gets an idea and he just, you know, go, goes. There's no, so I was in the dressing room, fortunately not getting dressed, but he just – like opens the curtain and says, I, I get lovely. I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. I owe you an apology <gasps> for what Curtis couldn't owe me an apology. Right. Did he even know I exist? I didn't think so. <laughs> and, uh, he said, yeah, you know, I, everyone told me that I like, you know, it was totally ruining your set with my sound check and that it was printed in the organ music news and, and that you were so <laughs> pissed off. And, and, <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, the rumors, right? Yeah, if you, you, it's can, awful. you can screw around, but if people can't see your uh, face and see that you're laughing, yeah. they just think it's, you know, yeah. heavy duty. So yeah. so he's been my bitch ever since. No, just <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But anyway, the, I was telling you, so, the, so depending on the weather, you know, this past year we got this terrible like, heat and humidity kind of thing happening, and it was super hot every day. And for the first time I went out and looked – 
you know, from the from the main stage, looked out, and there was nobody on the front lawn because mm. the sun was being down. It was too hot, and the humidity, and there was no air that was moving at all, and you know, people were fainting from the from the heat, Jesus. and that never happens, you know. And I've I've been there other years where it's just so beautiful, and the breeze is coming in off the river, and and then it'll be packed. Like the year Robert Plant was headlining, hmm. that was you know, yeah. that must have been <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh, I, I'll tell you what. One of the you know you know you you dig this perk about being a musician, right? You get you get you get the little musicians pass, a little badge, yeah. and you get to go backstage. And everybody knows like, look, I got a pass. Yeah. Says yeah, well, Peter gave yeah. me for the whole week because we were there for the whole week. Oh, so he, good. so he yeah. gave me. He said, anytime I come down, let me know. So I would get the pass, and I could just go anywhere. Well, so. I, I got, I had my, I had my, my pass, and I got to go. Now, for Robert Plant, you had to have another pass. Yeah, there were like layers of passes yeah, to yeah. get into that show. And it's like I'm determined. I'm going to be backstage, no matter what. So I get, I get up there. My, you know, through means I, I can't I can't name names, but let's just say <laughs> it, it happened that I was in the front row in the in the backstage area. And so I'm they have watching a, on the on the waterfront there's yeah. actually a stage there's actually a there's an audience section on the stage. On the side Back, of the stage. Yeah, yeah on yeah. the sides of the stage there's, there's bleachers. like there's like bleachers so the on the music, sides. The musicians who are in the show can watch the show that's on. Is that yeah. what they're like? Or like whoever, dignitaries whoever gets, or yeah, whatever, yeah. politicians yeah. or anybody. But that, the bands that are that are about to come on yeah, or you know, yeah, this special, special VIP, you know, that kind of so stuff. So you're in the front row. Of so that. I'm in the front row, right? And and I'm right next to Robert Plant's guitar tech, who's making Robert tea with He's got uh, ginger and uh, lemon, all organic, and 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 the actual English teapot. Mm-hmm. And he's doing. Uh, he's like shaving the ginger, and he's cutting up the lemon, and it's this whole kind of beautiful little ceremony that that he's got going. And I I took so many pictures of the the tea ceremony that was going on. <laughs> I, just, I, ran, the I ran I ran out of room. I I have no pictures of Robert Plant. <laughs> And I, I can't even prove that I was there. It's like I have to. Say, no, seriously, that. See that that's tea? Robert's he drank cup. that tea. <laughs> His lips were on that like two minutes after this photo was taken. I swear to God, he came. Right, his face was right in front of me. Oh. But, but yeah, it was. It's kind of fun to be. You know, I like being back there because I like seeing what other musicians are doing, how they're handling things on stage. Because everybody will have. You know, sometimes you have perfect shows mm-hmm. where everything goes right, and sometimes you have shows where. Things happen, mm-hmm. and I love to watch and see how things, you know, how musicians handle, handle it, yeah. challenges. Like Lucinda Williams played the waterfront one year, and the wind came up and blew. She has this giant book of her lyrics, and you know she's really shy. She's like she has stage fright, and she's you know, so she has this big book of lyrics, and the stage tech had had put a paperclip, or not a paperclip, a clothespin to try and hold the pages mm-hmm. together and the clothespin popped off in the middle of this really poignant ballad that she was singing and the wind blew all <gasps> the pages and things went everywhere and it was like <gasps> this whole minute and the whole audience froze and she, co- she couldn't continue the song until <gasps> they got it together and then you know like her hands were kind of shaking and she was she, you know and I felt you feel you, you really think you think Oh, when someone gets to that level, they're not ever going to have problems. Right. You know, they're not going to have the, the kind of forgot my lyrics problem or or anything like that. But even at that level, things happen 
you know, and how do you, it's how you deal with those things when they come up. And I've, I've had so many things that just my age and I'll forget something that, you know, I, I just fall on the sword. It doesn't matter what, what happens. You know, you just, the audience only knows what you show them. And if, if you're all bent out of shape and pissed and yelling at people, then they think, you know, but if you're laughing and then they they laugh too. And they know it's, Hey, it's just life. And look, look at the recovery. I always, I always your, feel you know, that if you do that, you're not taking yourself too seriously, and yeah. they really feel that, and then they feel they're in on something. They, they feel do. like it's almost yeah. like this was, this is what it yeah. would be like if she played in my living room. Exactly. We get to see, exactly. and she'd say, "Oh, I, I forgot my lyrics. Yeah. Let me see what I'm doing." And they kind of feel like they're in on something. My part of my one of my cover band successes of 20 years. We talk about that is that we just had that thing. We did shtick constantly, and I would just play mm-hmm. off of those kind of things. Yeah. And the, and though we were talented musically. Part of the reason why people came to see us all the time was for that shtick in that show oh, yeah. because we were just so loose inside it. You hoped something went wrong because and we would play off of that. Yeah, because and everybody was funny in the band. Everybody oh, well, was funny. Everybody, everybody was, was funny. Everybody was witty, and they all had a very similar sense of humor. Yeah. So it was like bing, boom, bop, bang, <laughs> bing, boom, bop, bang, just like. One to the next to the next. It's mostly it was mostly her and <laughs> the drummer, David Stefanelli. Yeah. But it's but you, you know there we would wait for the thing to happen that wrong, yeah. and then you would just run with it. And the audience always had that look on their face of like, oh, we're in on something. It's the only way I can describe it is we're in on something here. And yeah, sometimes yeah. someone would play something wrong for a gag. Oh, yeah. Stefanelli did it oh, all yeah. the time. He, he, the would, he would, he would he turn the beat around, the beat around on purpose, yeah. or he'd like start hitting something out of time. It'd be like, because he was so good. I mean, he could hit out of time and still keep the beat and not. I mean, and you know, we mostly all did that for each other. We weren't doing it for. We were doing it to. To make right, each but other it laugh. but it made the audience because right. they felt like they were in on it something. Is, they were like, and that's that's part of like the live <clears throat> show, the live experience is that you're you're not just doing everything, lot 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 yep. lot lot. You know, goose stepping it. You're you actually sometimes even when you have the music perfectly, you want to just kind of bust out and do something because it brings everybody in the band yep. together, and that's what really makes a great musician is yep. is not. Knowing all the notes and how to play, yeah. but but how to how to make something organic happen yeah. when one element changes? Yeah, and sometimes that's enough. You know, you that's you it. raise that bar just a little. One person in the band steps out and does this yeah. a little bit, and then everybody else has to up their game too. And, it, and this really cool, beautiful, and organic you're thing just happens. Jamming all of a sudden, yeah, you're you, jamming in your beautiful yeah. musicness and in, in all oh. of your your experience. You're jamming. Yeah. And it's the thing that we all jones for. Mm-hmm. It's those moments where we're, as artists and musicians, we yeah. elevate inside that thing. We elevate each other doing it. And it's the thing you chase. Yeah, you just go to you Alpha chase State. those moments. You're, yeah, you there's do. There's no thought. There's just no, feeling. No, it's the drug you chase. Yes, it is. It is it the is. drug we all chase. I tell that to my students. That's it's the true. drug we all chase right it's there. True. You get in that moment and you're giving each other goosebumps. And you don't even, afterwards, yeah. when you're in those spaces, someone will go like, oh, my God, I can't believe that thing you sang. And I'll go, I don't even remember just did because you're just in the emoting. moment yeah. you're emoting and you're yeah. in the moment you're not thinking at all it's like you yeah. plug in and it just flows and you're yeah. in it going like this is flowing but you don't even know what's happening yeah. and it's over and then you know it's just what you chase it's the thing we chase as artists it's really true that yeah, I, I did the um i was on the uh, legendary rhythm and blues cruise and you know who jp soars is 
I know of him. Yeah, okay. yeah. I know so of him. I don't. I, I've never met him, but I know who he is. Amazing guitar player. One of my favorite guitar players. And he was he was on the on the cruise, and I I just adore him. I love how he plays and his ethic. He's just such a cool guy. And so they did their show, and then there's you know after after all the scheduled entertainment, there's a pro jam, and then after the pro jam, there's an amateur jam. Which really is only for amateurs until the pros finish the pro jam and they come and they kick all the. All the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, like this guy came up and he said, "Get the hell off now!" But, um, but JP, I watched JP do his show. Then he played almost the and you know through the entire pro jam, and then he came up and did the the amateur jam. Cool. Then he went. He left because the amateur jam starts like three o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous. <laughs> so he disappears for a few minutes and he comes back with Samantha Fish. And he played this guitar solo that was so, it was so mind-blowing. By now, it's maybe 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, right? He's been playing all and night. All night. And my brain is just exploding. I can't even believe how good this, what, <laughs> yeah. what he's doing. And I see him the next day. I'm like, fuck, JP, you know, what you played last night, this morning. Oh, my God. I can't even believe what you did. And he goes, I don't know what I did. I don't know, I what, don't I did. know what I did. I have. Uh, it was, it was <laughs> like 5:30 in the morning. I don't know what I did. I couldn't remember there if you paid is. me. No, but there it is. Yeah, no, he was. But You're it was inside just the muse of in, it all. In, in the moment, this organic yeah. thing, and and Lionel Young does that. You know, the um, I don't know if you ever heard him. He he was the only guy to win the, uh, the IBC in the solo duo category and the band category oh, the next no. year. What was was it, what was the band? Called? He plays the electric uh, violin and he plays guitar and I mean he's just he's one of the most formidable musicians. I mean his talent is just and he he came out. Um, we we were doing the the jam at the IBC, uh, the pro jam that happens at the end of the night, and he came out to do the song. He picked got my mojo working, which let's face it, we've heard that. <laughs> 48,764 times and it's like oh no not that song oh, it's a hundred dollar song yeah um, <laughs> that's right right on the back of a hundred dollar bill I'll be happy to do it for you yeah <laughs> and he he did a, a version of mojo working that was so spooky and so eerie and and I never heard anything like it in my whole life I mean he actually transform that song into something else and I, I wish I had a recording of it because it's just so unbelievable but that's that organic thing that happens when you come out and for someone to take on Got My Mojo Working and make it a completely different you wouldn't even recognize it if he wasn't saying Got My Mojo Working right you know and it was, but that's I love, that I love thing it when that, you hear you know, something like that oh, something yeah, that, we, that was so recognizable yeah. something that has been beaten mm-hmm. into the ground that yeah. everyone every Every hack musician on the planet right, has done it a right. million times in front of you, and you and you hear it, and you go, "Oh Christ, yeah. not this, not Stormy Monday, not, <laughs> not I know, not uh, not not Mojo, not uh, I'm a man, <laughs> yeah, not I'm a man, not, yeah, not Manish Boy, Manish not, Boy, yeah, yeah, Manish Boy. yeah. <laughs> but yeah there's, so, there's so many like that. It's like I, I went to a festival once, and this this is a big festival in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. And five bands went on before my band, and I'm there listening, like watch. All five of them did the same cover song. All five of them. Now, somewhere along the line, you would have thought somebody would have heard at least somebody else 
do that song. Yeah, maybe band number three. Let's even say, <laughs> or or just have enough mm-hmm. in your repertoire and your in your and I mean, let it's like a forty-five minute set. Come on, yeah. find something else to play. Five in a row. Wow, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't understand that at all. It's like. We really don't understand right? what's going on. What's there's like someone, there there's someone the juggling cameras. peanuts over there, <laughs> and he missed. The cameraman's gone mad. Ryan Batza back there doing ballet. He's going mad, man. <laughs> so are you coming? Uh, are you doing any tours that we should know about? Are you coming back yes, here to New England? Yes, I'm coming back here in May, and maybe we will all get to play together, I would love which to would be so it. awesome. That would be wonderful. So I'm coming back in May. I'm going to be doing you, uh, who's your, who's May your, 2nd for sure. I'm going to be in Maine at the at the uh, the timeout. Um, oh, okay, Monday. Um, yeah, you're doing a Monday, doing a timeout up, there Monday with, up there with Paul. Yeah. Yep. So I'll be doing uh, and then working on some other dates in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. Do you book uh, yourself or do you? Uh, no, I'm with Piedmont. Piedmont, okay. So mm-hmm. Piedmont does my booking, and then uh, I'm coming back again in October, and I'll be doing actually a, a run up into Ontario. But well, let's uh, get together. Let's figure something. But out I'm in thinking May. we should make something happen yeah, here. Listen, thinking, I, I, you know, I put together. <clears throat> I do. I do a lot of shows around here, and I, I put together a lot of like I do. A, festivals mm-hmm. um i do a, i do the new england Winter blues festival i do a, another festival called blues for beanie and i'm working on one another one right now that i can't talk about yet Shh, don't Shh, talk about don't it talk about it talk tell about him it. not to talk exactly about it. i don't know why i said anything what did i say nothing nothing uh but i put together a lot of like uh like i put together like the like mm-hmm. Bez harmonica shows I'll, cool you know, i'll do like a you know or i'll do like a uh like a I that poster we're just sitting out here. I'll do the, uh, the oh, that's uh, that one we threw New away. England, <laughs> nice, perfect. Uh, I'll do like it a. It was bo- in the way of my root beer. I'll do like a uh, a Boston Blues All Stars where we'll have like oh, a house cool. band and then we'll uh, have like you know four or five front people. Um, awesome. And this that was the one that I had that had like had Curtis on it yeah. and Tony Lynn Washington. So. And, so th- th- is that this Dirty Tricks CD? Is that the one you're talking about that Curtis produced for you? That yeah, Curtis produced that record right yep. there. He and Bruce Bears produced it, uh-huh. and uh, they're both on it. Curtis is on, uh, I think, three or four tracks. Cool. He, sing- he sings on, sings on two, two tracks. He sings on, and he plays harp on one. Awesome. Um, and then Bruce is on pretty much the whole record. Um, and that's the first record, I still think the only record that Curtis has produced. And that was, we recorded it in mm-hmm. some time in 2011 and came out in 2012. Um, but I just talked to him last week and he wants to come back out and do our next one. So cool. my guitar player and I have been getting together and starting oh, to good. write some stuff for, oh, for a new record. So I'm excited. I, I've done, that's, you know, my whatever, ninth record or eighth mm-hmm. or ninth record I've ever done. I've never been happy with anything I've oh, ever that's done. That's good. I can't wait to hear and I, that I, record I I can hand to someone and go, I'm yeah. very proud of this record. I can I can hand it to people and say, yep, that's this is what I do here. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, it was just done that's right. That's a really great not, feeling. Yeah, it was. It was done right. You know, it was recorded right. It was done in a good studio. It was produced mm-hmm. well. It was mixed well. It was mastered well. Um the no. production values are everything. Um, it's it's. I know I, I went through the same thing with mine. Curtis was actually the inspiration for the title track on my record. Oh, really? It's um. There's a there's a band called the Knuckleheads. He he co-wrote the to- the title track with me. It's a, a, it's a funny story. Do we have time? Do I, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Yeah. So there's this band that gets together in Portland called the Knuckleheads, and nobody performs under their own name. They all have different names. And so 
the knuckleheads were playing when I and Curtis was playing with him, but he doesn't go as Curtis. He he was on his satellite Malone. <laughs> Mazzocco. Uh, yeah, John Mazzocco. John Mazzocco's in that band, right? yeah. And so. Satellite Malone, so you'll get a kick out of this if you try and sign on. That's one of my... That's one oh, of my, really? Yeah, if you try to sign on to my internet, one of my internets is Satellite Malone. Ah. That's, that's my little, little homage for Curtis. Yeah. How funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I, I sat in with him this one night and he was, you know, introducing the band. He's like, there's Sad Can Soup Can and, uh, and this, you know, and I was Mud Flap Deb. Thank you. I waited Ouch. for a blues, blues <laughs> name. Thank you. Deb. Mud Flap Mud Deb. Flap okay. Deb is what he Thanks. came up with. Thank That's you. That's the best you could do. Okay. All right. All right. There's going to be payback in your future. Yeah. I'm going to go on the air someday on a podcast. I'm going to tell all these stories. Um, <laughs> and then he looks over at the harp player and he says, you... You're 10 miles a bad road. And so it kind of stuck in my head. And I was doing a show down in in Ashland, Oregon, which is four and a half hours south of Portland. And all on the way back, I kept thinking, 10 miles a bad road. And and this, you know, I I have, you know, my voice memo on my phone that I always, when I get song ideas, I immediately sing it into the phone so I don't forget them. It's the way to go. So by the time I got to Portland, because, you know, driving in Alpha State, I know the road, you know. By the time I got to Portland, (laughs) you'll be leaving. Um, (laughs) I had this this song figured out. So I, I texted Curtis and I said, you know, I got this song I wrote. And you were the inspiration for it. I, you know, I, I, I kind of wrote it for you, not for you to sing. I'm going to be singing this song myself. But, um, you know, I think it's pretty funny. And uh, he said, well, c- come on over. I want to hear it. So I went over to his house, and uh, I, I played the song for him. And, and he said, you know, and it made me laugh because there's something similar on, on yours. And he said, there's only one thing wrong with this song. I should have written it. What the oh, fuck? Yeah. Right? Like, what an awesome Ten comment. miles of bad road. What the hell? How did I write that go? song? Right? So I said, yeah, well, so that's what you read in the liner notes. Yeah, was, yeah. It was there's so one of the funny. songs that I wrote. He's pissed <laughs> off that he didn't write it. <laughs> so it was. Uh, I said, well, you know, it's not too late. It needs work. Let's let's massage it a little yeah. bit. And uh, so we worked on. We went over to Dave Fleshner's, and the three of us sat down and. And you know, Curtis really came up with the. You know, I ha- I I had written the song, but. He rearranged it and did all these little things. And and uh, when I was singing it, uh, we were doing the demo, and he says, no, 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 you got, you got to sing it like this. And he sings it. And, and I said, yeah, but that's how you would sing it. That's I wouldn't sing it that way. I'm Karen. You're Curtis. And he said, no, but if you sing it this way, it's going to be right. And so oh. – <laughs> So anyway, it's really funny when I actually got to the recording. And, you know, I was recording with Tony. Tony produced it. And he's worked with he, – he produced Curtis's last uh, few albums. And um, I thought, yeah, I'm just going to – I'm going to keep the Curtisisms in here because he's part of this song. Yeah. So it's the only song where I actually sing this way. And, it, and it's, it's, it's the Curtis thing that I, that I, I left in there. That's pretty cool. Because yeah. it was just <laughs> so great. funny. And it's the only tune I do. But I, I was reading your liner notes in this, and I read that, and I started laughing. It reminded me of, of this one here. But that's awesome. So can you give us your website again so that everybody mm-hmm. that's listening will know where to get this amazing Are there any people record? left listening? We, I, oh, yeah. There's, there's probably two. There's two we have people. at least twos of people. That oh, yeah. At least twos of people. Yeah. Absolutely. They can they can listen to this on uh, KarenLovely.com. There's a, a link to my uh, Bandcamp site, 
where they can stream all the songs. You can listen to all of them at least three times before you have to buy them. Oh, it's generous. And, uh, and then it's they can generous. get it on iTunes and they can get it on Amazon. Uh, the CD you can only get through my website right now or by coming to one of my shows. But I like um, that. yeah, I like yeah. That. Then I Come then I sign and do shows. that. Yeah, cool. And um, but in, they, they, you know, and you can if they go if they get it on uh, my Bandcamp site as a digital download, they can also download the liner notes, the PDF liner notes. Oh, cool. When I did the digital distribution, um, I DistroKid doesn't do the liner notes for Amazon for iTunes. So, who did you use for digital? DistroKid. Distro, I don't know now. I yeah. used to did CD Baby for my stuff. Yeah, I you know I I was you Have know you trying to, yeah I've used CD Baby, CD Baby before and I, I like DistroKid because you can pay you know ten or twenty bucks depending on which one you get and that's it and then all your royalties are yours they don't take yeah. any any cut where CD Baby can take a big big chunk out so I mean they're convenient because they it's if you want just like the one shop stop for everything you can yeah, do they that handle right. they handle yeah. it all right they handle it all. But um, I yeah, thought, I mean that was the thing I liked about CD Baby is that they, you know, you're on everything from right. you know, there's you're on 200 other websites that they never even heard of before. Yeah, you know. Well, DistroKid does that for the digital, so yeah. they they and they have new stores that they add all the time. But they'll get you on all the whatever I'll CD Baby can do. DistroKid does, and then uh, you know, and I thought about doing CD Baby for just for the CDs because right now I can very lovingly you know sign and. And hand package and take all the CDs to the post office. But once I start touring, <laughs> then you won't be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I'm not sure I should be doing that right now or even confessing on the radio <laughs> that I have enough time to be doing. <laughs> yes, Karen Lovely will hand walk your CD to the post office. <laughs> and hug the post <laughs> And hug the postal clerk. <laughs> so. Yeah, but um, but I'm really proud of the record. Uh, Tony did a really great job, and I've got great musicians: uh, Johnny Lee Shell on guitar, and uh, Alan Riccatani on guitar, Hutch Hutchinson from Bonnie Raitt's band Ouch. on bass. Tony's that's on fantastic. drums. Yeah, that's Reggie wonderful. McBride plays on one of the songs. Oh, that's um, great! It's a killer, killer band. I'm the weak link. I can't but, wait um, to. That's sure what I not. tell everybody. That's what I tell everybody in my sure band. Like, all my all my guys are Berkeley guys. Oh, <laughs> I go. I go. I'm the weak link in the band. No, I go, you're not. No, I no, am. you're not. Uh, I think that's it. We're that's done. That's it. We, We're I done already. Right? We are. I know. Right? Did we, so we forget to talk about anything? No, I don't think so. Where are you going to be playing next? Where are you going to be playing next? We just care about you, Karen. That's Aww. it. That's all we care about on the podcast Aww. tonight is you. And Aww. I can't wait. We've got it on. We've got it on. I'll be tape. A, at is it uh, actual tape. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess I, I should have said I'd be at the Beehive tonight with yeah. Bruce Beers, yeah. right? right? This will be for by the time we get this up on. It will have happened. It'll, it'll have already happened. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. May we've got a pact for May that will. May we are going to yeah. do something together. Yeah. We most certainly are. Make sure yeah. something yeah. happens we'll for together May. That's going to be big, bad, and beautiful. Oh, love that! There it is, right well, there. Yeah. It's big, bad, and beautiful. The big, bad, and beautiful tour. There it is. I dig it. I'm so glad that you came to do this with us, Karen. Me too. This was Me a too. lot of fun. Me too. Yeah, your, your wife made those wonderful little snacks nice that we treat. got. First so female too. Such a, you are our first female. Oh my I goodness, like, you're our first. You're our first female F podcaster. F. I know. I'm the triple F. <laughs> I did book one other, but she bailed on me. She did. Jenny Zagrino. Well, she wasn't was worth just... being the first. <laughs> no, 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 and and I don't bail. I came right from my mom's seventy fifth birthday yeah. party you up here, and then back to Boston from you Portland, Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> came from a birthday party. That's Has right. A gig tonight squeezed us. That's in. right. Professional. 
Loved every minute Sharon of Lovely. it. Well, give it Bruce fun. and will. Jesse Williams a big hug for me and Mark Texera. I will. The, all the I guys will. down at the Beehive and tell them I said hello. You know I will. And, and come out to Portland. Talk to Peter. I will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on, on him real out. soon. Uh, I'm going to get out there for that. But I might be out there this winter. I'm going to try to work something out to you know, cool. just fly out by myself and put together a little band out there and do something. So, Well, let me know if you need help. Cause I can, I can hook you. Up. She's got All some right. connections. I will, I'll talk I to you. I can hook you up. I'll talk to you. I just want to, I just want to make enough to go out there and, you know, I hear whatever, you. be out there for a week and, and, uh, make enough to pay for everything. <laughs> you know, that's all. Pay that's all the motherfucker want right here. That's all he wants. <laughs> that's all the motherfucker want right wants. her. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Karen. Thank, Thank you, you Karen. very much. Thank you. All right. This, this is, is a blast. The Ridiculous Nicholas podcast over <laughs> and out. Hasta la bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>